Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Monday, November the 1st, and today I've got a special guest on the show with me today. In lieu of Mailbox Monday, I've just got fantastic guests coming out my ears, and today... Alexander Stone joins me, a 17-year-old kid with a passion for truth. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. I'm Heidi St. John, running for Congress to block, delay, obstruct, defeat, and ultimately undo the communist Biden agenda. Join my team at HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. It's time to fight back. So I'm glad you guys are here. Wow, you made it to November. Good job, everybody. We have survived another month and we're here in November. Tomorrow in the state of Washington and around the country, we are going to be deciding the fate of a lot of our local municipalities. So we got a lot of city council meetings, we got a, or city council elections, we got a lot of uh, school board, some local uh, local uh, elections that are very, very crucial. So I hope you guys will vote. Do not sit this out. If you're not sure, if you're in Washington state, particularly in Southwest Washington, you can go to my Facebook page, my personal one, and I've got a lot of notes there about who I think is gonna be good for different seats in these races, these very important races, I think it's easy sometimes for the, you know, the Fuhrer, if you will, to sort of come around federal races, you know, the presidency, congressional races, Senate races, and we lose our local races because people think they're not that important. And then we wind up with uh, drag queen story hour because of the people on our library boards. We wind up with mask and vaccine mandates because of who we've got on our city councils. And if you guys want to see this change, the change happens. It starts at the local level. So get out there and vote. Tomorrow is the day. And uh, it's more important now than it ever has been. I want to take a moment to introduce Alex Stone to you today. He's 17 years old. I first met Alex through uh, my interactions at Abundant Life Church out of uh, Lee Summit, Missouri. This kid is on mission with his podcast. He is spreading the light of the gospel in every aspect of life and particularly working with young people. And he's had an opportunity to reach out to a bunch of high profile people and interviewed them on his podcast. Uh, Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler being one of them. Uh, Clay Clark, and of course, Pastor Phil Hopper. And I'm just delighted to have him back on the show. Alex, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm so excited to be able to come on here and just talk about Jesus, talk about truth, and talk about sharing the gospel with the world around us because the world needs it. Yeah. And probably more now than it has in your lifetime, I can imagine that uh, being as young as you are, you know, you, you're you uh, old enough to remember when things weren't this crazy. Yeah. Uh, to an extent. I mean, I didn't really care. Like <laughs> 10 years ago, I didn't really care. I was just off doing my own thing. So you're not old enough to remember. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I guess I, it just depends on, on what I'm thinking about, to be honest. So Alex, as you're looking around right now, I mean, you, you're young and you have a passion for truth. Obviously this is something that you and I talked about briefly before we started the podcast. And my premise over here at the show for many years has been the fact that our culture for decades now and even generations has sacrificed truth on the altar of mercy and we're calling it love. And uh, the Bible teaches us that love isn't found apart from truth. So how are you seeing this playing out in young people right now with regard to the battle for truth? You know, it's definitely a scary time that we're living in, especially with young people. 
I, I'm young around young people all the time because of my age, 17 years old, friends in high school, friends, friends from other school who go to public schools. And, and I'm going to just say this, praise the Lord that I don't go to a public school. I go to a private Christian school. But what we're seeing in the world is a falling away from truth, a great deception, a great apostasy. People are no longer valuing the truth. People are saying, I can have my truth and you can have your truth. When in reality, when, when we try to say that, that just brings us further from God, further from each other, and it brings destruction. Yeah, it really does. And and we're watching this. I was uh, I was just interviewing a friend of mine uh, about an hour and a half ago talking about truth and um, the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast uh, that's coming out because the new movie Schoolhouse Rocked is coming out. And one of the things that we were talking about was this idea that God's word continues to, has always held and continues to hold the answers to the problems that we're facing. We always wonder why in the middle of, you know, in the beginning of scripture, why God felt the need to say, you know, I created them male and female in my image. Well, I think it's because at some point God knew that we were going to be confused by that. And the Bible still has the issues. What are you, how do you reach kids? Because I'm sure you have opportunity to interact with young people that have different worldviews than you do. And uh, your parents have done a great job of preparing you because the battle that you're, the battlefield that you're walking onto is no joke. How do you interact uh, with the young people around you when it comes to talking about truth and where it's found? Well, I just give them the scripture. Okay. So John, John 17, verse 17, say, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. The word of God is truth. We find truth in the Bible. So what I'll do is I'll share with them the truth of scripture. Say, hey, this is where we find our truth. This is where, where we find our salvation, where we find the, the, the hope for everything. And then I'll point them to the historicity of the gospel, the historicity of the resurrection of Christ. And, and if they don't listen, then, 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 uh, I just pray for them. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I just ask for the Holy spirit to, to lead in my life when I talk to them and I ask for the Holy spirit to convict them of their sin and of their unbelief. Hmm. And I wonder too, I mean, I, there are a lot of young people that listen to this show right? A lot of uh, teenagers that are listening, I hear from them all the time because they write letters to me here at the podcast. And a lot of them are asking how they interact, uh, how they can be, you know, salt and light. And I think last time you were on the show, we talked a little bit about the the, uh, the lie really of salt and light that have had parents putting their kids in the public school system that really is turning the hearts. It's a, it's a soul poison that we see in the schools right now. Um, but I want you to address the uh, kids who are your age for just a minute, if you will, and talk about how we are interacting. We're to live in the world, right? But we're not of the world. We recognize that we're just passing through and yet not lose hope because I think a lot of them are discouraged and frustrated right now and sad over what's happening in the culture. Uh, so how do you talk to young people who are just like, dude, I, I give up? Well, first of all, I'm glad that you mentioned salt and light. And I'm just going to turn to Matthew 5, 13 through 16. It reads, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how then shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives all to her in the house. It gives light to all who are in the house. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. There are many young people who 
who need to hear this, who need to apply this to their lives. There are so many people that I know who, who are conservative, who are Christian, but they're scared to speak out about what is going on in the world. And so I just encourage them to look at this passage and apply it to their life. If they have the light of Christ inside of them, magnify it instead of, instead of retract it, instead of hiding it, because so many people do that. Though the Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of those who go and preach the gospel. We are called to go preach the gospel, Romans 1.16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Listen, this is our calling as Christians. This is our calling as young people who follow Christ. And it's time for us to take up that mantle and take up that calling and go fulfill it, go live it out. Because there, there's only a remnant left. There's only a little bit of us left, left. And there's only a little bit of time left. And we need to go and share the gospel, go and spread the truth. Because without the truth, people can't be set free. Mm, you're, that's so right. And it's hopeful. It really is a message of hope in a world that is desperately searching for hope right now because the, the the time is short. You know, uh, Pastor Phil has been on this show many, many times talking about uh, what's happening in the culture right now and the timeline, God's timeline. We know from scripture that we don't know the day, but we know the seasons. And we can certainly see the signs are everywhere around us. The Bible talks about the remnant that you just referenced. But the the role, and I, I often think about my own kids, Alex, because you know, my oldest child, child, she's not a child. My oldest uh, daughter is 30 now and she's a mother herself. She's got three children of her own, but I also have uh, a 17 year old daughter and a 19 year old daughter. And they are growing up in a world that is very different than my 30 year old daughter. Uh, The world that she grew up in seemed more secure and less frightening. And I, what I'm hearing from a lot of young people right now, and I understand this because I echo it. I, I get it is that the spirit of fear has really settled over the church like a cold, wet blanket. And I think in the process, we've forgotten who we are, but yet the Bible has a lot to say about fear and how we're supposed to act in the midst of it. And really, this is part of the message of this generation to say, hey, uh, God didn't give us that spirit. Yeah, you're exactly right, Heidi. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that spirit of fear because it's it's so evident in today's culture, in today's world. I have this book that I've been reading. It's called The Believer's Authority, and it's just basically talking about the authority that we have been given over the devil and over demonic spirits that we can, in Jesus' name, trample over those in, the, the enemy. We can trample over the thoughts, the lies that the enemy puts in our head, and there's a lot of them. And, and so what we can do is say, in Jesus' name, I pray that this, the, the enemy that is taking hold of my life will no longer do that. In Jesus' name, I cast out this spirit of fear. In Jesus' name, I command you to flee because when the name of Jesus is mentioned, the demons have to flee. When the name of mm. Jesus is mentioned, those spirits of fear, they have to leave. They cannot stay in the room. They cannot stay anywhere near you because Jesus has power, because he is victorious. Mm. And and I and it's an encouraging word to remember, and I think about this a lot for my kids, uh, to remember who they are in Christ. And that's what you're reminding uh, kids of today as you're as you're interacting with uh, students who are both younger, I would imagine, than you are, and uh, and students who are right around your age and even older, God has equipped you. And I think it's important. I mean, you're out there, you've got a podcast, right? You've been kind of doing the thing. You're uh, an entrepreneur. 
right? In many, in many respects. And uh, obviously, uh, self-driven and self-motivated. But the fact of the matter is every single one of us, it doesn't matter what age you are, uh, we are here on mission, right? We're just passing through. This world is not our home. We're not going to stay here for forever. You know, we seek a city to come whose architect and builder is the Lord. And so how do you encourage young people, especially? And I want you to talk to the parents right now. Like there are moms and dads who are listening to this and they feel like I missed an opportunity to teach my kids because I wasn't walking with the Lord, because I didn't, uh, I wasn't strong in the Lord, or I didn't recognize the urgency of it. And now my child is 14, 15, 16, 17, and they're succumbing to the fear that's around them, or they're listening to a different gospel. Maybe it's the woke gospel. Maybe they're uh, falling for the lie that we have to be tolerant to the point of pushing truth underneath the rug. Uh, Can you talk for just a moment to the parent who is just feeling like, uh, gosh, I have a 17 year old, but he's nothing like what, you know, he's not, he's not quoting scripture on the Heidi St. John podcast, you know? And so how do we encourage the parents who need encouragement right now to continue shepherding their children? You know, so first of all, I'm just going to say this at my school, I have a math teacher and every time when the bell rings, when we're dismissed, he says to us, remember who you are and remember whose you are. And that is one of the biggest things that Christians have forgotten. We've forgotten who we are as, as Christians, and we have forgotten whose we are. And when we are sons and daughters, of, when we are Christians, we are sons and daughters of the Most High King. We are co-heirs with Christ. That is who we are. So remember that, who we are and whose we are, first of all. Second of all, I just pray. I just pray for your children. Pray that God will start to do something in their lives because no one is too far gone until they have passed away into eternity, okay? I'm just going to tell you a little bit about myself. I wasn't always this way. I, would, I, I grew up in church. I grew up in a Christian school, and I said the sinner's prayer that doesn't really save you when I was four years old. I thought I was saved. And as time progressed, I started to fall into different types of sin. And it was just awful. And it got to the point where my parents asked me, Alex, are you truly a Christian? And I said, yeah, of course I'm a Christian. I said the sinner's prayer. And listen, just because you say a prayer doesn't mean that you are saved. But you know what? Even in the midst of my sin, God was still working and bringing people towards me and drawing me near to him. It got to the point where one time after getting home from school in eighth grade on April 6th, 2018, I got home and my parents didn't want to even see me because of the thing that I had done. And they just told me to go to my room. And so I just, God just broke me. And I was like, Jesus, I need you. So listen, there is no thing that you can do. No, no, nothing that you can say, nothing that you can do that can separate you from the love of Christ. And no one is too far gone. No one is ever too far gone until they have passed away into eternity. So I'm just going to encourage you that if you think that your son, that your daughter is, is just falling away, following a different gospel following into the world, there is hope for them. There is a hope of glory. It talks about in the, in the book of Romans, I believe. And that hope of glory is Jesus. And there is power in Jesus. So rely on Jesus, rely on the Holy Spirit to work on their lives and continue to, to pray and to press into God. Get into community. One of the biggest things that Pastor Phil and, and my church at Abundant Life um, really not pushes, but promotes, I guess, is is uh, community. Get into community. Have others 
pray for your children. Have others pray for the struggles that they're going through. My mom, I love her to death. And there have been times back, like before I was a Christian, I would absolutely hate it because she told her friends about the things that I was doing. But in the end, it worked out because she was getting other people's perspectives on what they should do to take care of me and to train me and nurture me and disciple me. Mm. And I, I am, uh, I'm sure, you know, because I, my inbox is full of questions right now that are coming from parents who are trying to shepherd their teenagers through this time. This is such a confusing time. The Bible teaches us that, uh, that there is a spirit of confusion, that God is not the author of confusion, but he is the author of peace. And so as we see the confusion in the culture and as our children uh, are really exposed to it day in and day out in the culture, there is a way to inoculate our children against the lies of the enemy. And the Bible teaches us that that is to teach our children truth. What, how valuable, uh, Alex, has it been in your life and are and how are you seeing it in the lives of the young people around you? The difference between those who know the truth and the difference between the ones who are struggling and they don't know the truth. Yeah, there's a vast difference, Heidi, between those who do know the truth and those who do not know the truth. People like me who do know the truth, people like my friend group who know the truth at my church, we have hope. We have victory over the enemy. We have victory over his lies, his schemes, his temptations, because we have put on the armor of God and we have put on truth. The Bible says, and I said this earlier, sanctify me in your truth. Your word is truth. So knowing the truth is so important because it just changes your life. And, and people who don't know truth, they're, they're with, they are, they, they don't have hope. They don't have hope, but they have an opportunity to have that hope. And it's through Jesus Christ, what he did on Calvary. There's, there's an illustration that I've been thinking about in my head these past few days. And I don't know why I thought about it, but I, I thought it was really cool. But when Jesus died, he built a bridge When Jesus died, he built a bridge to him. And many people will try to build other bridges to get to Jesus by doing good works, by by doing this, by doing that. They will all fail. Jesus already built that bridge. But one of the most important things that a bridge needs is a support system. It needs support beams. When Jesus rose again, those were the support beams to support that bridge. And you can walk over it with hope and with assurance that Jesus has victory over the enemy. You can have victory over your life if you seek the truth of the Word of God. It's in there if you start praying for God to give you victory over over a certain sin that you're dealing with. God will give you that victory in Jesus' name. One of the mm-hmm. things that I, that I do every day is I wake up and I pray, God, give me the next 24 hours of victory, of 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 just authority over this struggle that I, that I'm dealing with. And God gives it to me because I ask it in Jesus name, because he has given me that victory over the enemy. And so many people forget that. And it's so sad. Yeah, it is sad. And I think it's a reflection on the, really the state of the church right now. And I've said this many times, we're living in a generation of biblically illiterate Christians. So men and women who claim the name of Jesus, but don't know his word and can't defend it. And as you are watching, you know, really the the church at large, 
uh, around you. I mean, I've I've obviously had the privilege now for 50 years of walking this earth, a little bit longer than that, and have seen a lot of changes in the church. But one of the biggest ones that I observed from the time that I was little to now is a move away from just studying the word of God. And this and the study is important, right? I think we just we want this, you know, candy coated Christianity where we just, you know, say a few verses and learn a couple of worship songs in church and call it good. But it requires more than that, doesn't it? Yes, yes, it certainly does require more than that. Pastor Phil says this all the time, as the church goes, so goes the nation. And, you know, I, I agree with that. The church is going. The church has gone away. There, there's so many apostate Christians, so many false Christians that, that don't know the word of God, that don't know how to apply the word of God to their life. And it's really, really just a very big problem in this world because there are pastors in the pulpits who are not calling out sins like abortion and homosexuality and the like. And, and it's bad. It's so bad. And because the pastors aren't speaking out, the people in the pews don't know what the truth is. And so I would encourage all of the listeners to go and test the scripture. If you hear something that your pastor says that doesn't really line up with scripture that you don't think, Go and look at the scripture. the The apostle Paul he tests he he um, he commended the Bereans. I think I believe it was. Yes, that's right. They, they were test they were testing what the apostle Paul was saying against the scripture to see if it was accurate, to see if it was biblical, to see if it was from God. So I would encourage all of you to do that. You know, there's a there's a very famous pastor um, who just tweeted yesterday something very very terrible. Uh, his name is Stephen Furtick, the pastor of Elevation Church. And he basically said that following Jesus doesn't change you. It reveals who you were all along. And that is damnable heresy, Heidi. And people are listening to it. People are listening to these kinds of people in the pulpits. And they are so biblically illiterate because they don't rely on the word of God. They rely on a man in a suit and tie in a pulpit to tell them what the truth is. And it brings so many people afar from God. Yeah, it does. And the, and we know that as, uh, as believers and followers of Jesus, we're not just commanded to keep it to ourselves. We're commanded to go and to, and to share the gospel. And it's so important that we do it right now. I know that this is a passion of yours is to share the gospel uh, to young people in particular. And I know there are a lot of young people listening to this right now who are just like, Jess, I don't know. I don't know if I have the courage to do that. I'm scared of being rejected. Uh, in the last, we've got about 45 seconds left to go today. What do you say? Can you encourage the young people that are listening who really are ready? They want to take on that mantle. They want to share the gospel, but they're afraid. Can you speak to that? Man, just pour into Jesus, pour into Jesus, who he is, what he has done for you on the cross of Calvary and rising again from the dead so that you can have victory. Just pour into that. And when you pour into that, when you ask God to give you power, he will give it to you to go and share the gospel. Mm, it's so important. You have a podcast and I want people to find you. So where can they find you online, my friend? Yeah, so my podcast is called A Stonewall's Perspective Podcast. A Stonewall's Perspective Podcast. Many people mess that up, so I said it twice. Uh, my Twitter is A underscore Stonewall. My Instagram is Alex underscore Stone 121. Facebook, A Stonewall's Perspective. And my website is A Stonewall's Perspective Podcast.com. All right, I got to ask you why you named it that. So, I mean, I think I know, but go ahead. <laughs> so back in, well, 
obviously my last name is Stone, but back in 2019, I wanted to sh- start a Facebook page to share the gospel. And so I go up to my youth pastor and I'm like, hey, what do I call this thing? And he just told me a Stonewall's perspective. And so now I'm using that and I'm giving my perspective, a Stonewall's perspective on the world around us, politics, Jesus, everything. So. So you're talking to, so, so let me get this straight really quickly. So you're talking about politics too. So wait, so Christians should be talking about politics. Yes. I talk about politics all the time and maybe sometimes to a fault, but, but I do do it. (laughs) I love it. Well, Alex, it's been a privilege to have you on the show today. I hope you'll come back and uh, keep us appraised as to how the Lord is working in your life and keep getting yourself out there because I think God is using you in a profound way. And uh, it's important now. Our young people need role models and we need to stop thinking that we're too young. The apostle Paul said, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. And uh, I appreciate you following in his footsteps and sharing the gospel. And I hope to come back soon. Amen, Heidi. Thank you so much for having me on. It was, it was a great honor. Thank you. You're welcome. For more information on this podcast and the ministry that God is entrusting to young Alex Stone, please go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. Scroll down to the show notes and you can find all of his information, including his social media handles there. As always, we appreciate you guys leaving reviews for the podcast over at iTunes or wherever you listen to this show and for my books, wherever books are sold. Thank you guys so much for listening. Remember, this is the last day today and tomorrow that you guys can vote. Tomorrow is election day. And I'm going to come back tomorrow with an election day special. Have a great day, everybody. And I'll see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.